few episodes back, Ahmed and I discussed his love of modern British wrestling, and I used that as a lens to examine a very classically British match. It was all about hold and counter hold and the psychology of pro wrestling politeness. Today, we take that paradigm and follow it to the modern day, to a British wrestling scene that's infused with influences from Japan, Mexico, and the United States. The physical framework remains the same, but gone are the days when just a little mean-spiritedness were enough to make an audience hate a guy. It's still very British, but it's not polite, it's not refined. It's stiff, nasty, aggressive, and extremely entertaining. Nowadays, the vicious scumbag trying to break the fingers has just as much of a chance of being cheered as the nice young man whose digits he's breaking. Today, on I Hate Wrestling, it's Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate. Stiff upper lip. piece of shit my new microphone is it's pretty 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 bad it's trash like we tried to plug it in and i had to have it in my mouth before it would record any sound in your mouth like peter dunn puts people's fingers in his mouth we're really we're trying to get right to it uh (laughs) peek behind the curtain here we've been we've been over uh, i've been over here at ahmed's place in beautiful Jersey City, New Jersey, for about two hours, just kind of shooting the shit, having a heart-to-heart gentleman's conversation about life, about love. The pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness. Uh, so many other things that, uh, honestly, it's kind of nice. It was nice. I feel good. I feel pretty close to you. Yeah, I mean, we, we, are, we are huddled pretty close together yes, on the couch because we were trying to record into the <laughs> world's faintest microphone. Yeah, do they sell that at the dollar store? Like, they what sell, is that? I got, the, I got it at Amazon.com Amazon. because I had an, I had an Amazon gift card uh, that I got as an incentive bonus for being so very good at selling entry doors. Lily, don't know how to respond to that. I mean, with, with awe, I would imagine. That's just, kind of how I responded, wasn't it? Yeah, oh you're just God. dumbstruck. I'm just dumb. Struck dumb. So this is, this is not just... This is a four-peat. Is it a four-peat? A four-peat. This, like f- this is your fourth time on, on the program. Sorry about that. No, no, we did, listen. We did talk about maybe naming these series of episodes because <laughs> they are kind of at odds with the name of your, the premise of your podcast. Right, yeah. Because you are, you are a wrestling fan? Unfortunately. For- unfortunately, wrestling, it don't love you back. It's definitely true. Yep, that's one uh, one truth of life and love that we did not talk about up till now. But <laughs> wrestling doesn't love you back, yeah. uh, and we're not even in the business. That's usually something that uh, that like old crippled wrestlers say: the business don't love you back. <laughs> but you know, like, even as fans, it don't love you back. Uh, this is a four peat. It's a four peat. Yeah, we talked about it. it's a four peat, and it's four peat. Four peat done. Damn, that was good. That was not bad, right? I like so it. your first, so your first appearance on the show, we talked about Ric Flair and Terry Funk. Yes, I listened to it recently. Yeah, I listened to it too. I listened to the episodes from time to time because I like to think, uh, I like to think about ways I can improve, so on and so forth. Um, but in that case, you were not a fan of Ric Flair. That's true. Right? And uh, I was able to, at least in a sort of Camp David Accord situation, convince you of Ric Flair's right to exist. I mean, he's allowed to live. I, <laughs> the the praise is something different, but yes, we. You you agreed that in certain circumstances, in a certain light, yes. after a certain number of glasses of brandy, Ric uh, Flair has certain virtues. Yes, I okay. will. I will grant you that. Yes. Okay, so then after that, we we visited, uh, we hopped in our TARDIS and went to nineteen seventies Britain. Right. Britain, Britain, to visit a uh, world of sport. And we, we talked about uh, Mr. Johnny Saint and Mr. Fit Finley. Dave Fit Finley. Dave Fit Finley, Fit that's that right. Mullet. Yep, that beautiful, sweet, sweet mullet. And then we talked about Mr. Uh, CM Punk and Jonathan Cena. 
Jonathan Felix Jonathan Cena. Felix Anthony Cena, I want to say. Oh, wait, really? So anyway, CM Punk doesn't really have much to do with this, but uh, your boy, Pete Dunne, does. And the whole reason we were watching World of Sport was because... Pietro Dunne. Pietro? I thought it was Petrov. I, I thought about it today. He's Pietro for today. Pietro Dunne. Okay. So the whole reason we talked about classic British wrestling and World of Sport was because you did not have any experience with it, but you were interested in it because of your fondness for Pete Dunne and what he brings to the table. My man crush and, and, and appreciation. Man crush. man crush Monday. It is MCM today. MCM. So uh, in that episode, we talked a little bit about your fondness for Pete Dunne. Uh, I would suggest everybody go back and listen to episode 8. God bless. World, World of Sport. Yeah. So I would, I would recommend everybody go back and listen to that because it's got a it's got, you know, Ahmed's thoughts and my thoughts about the modern state of British wrestling as well as some thoughts about classic British wrestling. But for anyone who hasn't yet listened to that classic, classic episode, tell me a little bit about your feelings on Mr. Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne, which is, is interesting because I saw him a few years ago in like Rev Pro, which is a company based in, in, in England. And he had a different look. He looked sort of generic. I wasn't really into... His presentation. He uh, back then he just had like the top knot, right? Yeah, and he was kind of out of shape, and just ugh, it was not a appealing personality to me. I think he was on the same shows as like Will Ospreay and Zack Saber and Marty Skrull and those more, guys. More established British guys. Exactly, and so I kind of didn't pay much attention to him until this UK tournament uh, from early two thousand and seventeen that the WWE had. And um, it was not so much his in-ring, but his character work, which was... Yeah, he's got phenomenal character work. He's really zeroed in on a fascinating character. Yeah, this... The Bruiserweight. The Bruiserweight, um, which... The, how do you describe that? He's, uh, he's 205 or less, Right. his weight. He has a cocky, shit-eating grin at all times. He's an... Kind of an ugly man. Yeah. Uh, well, in both senses, right? Because he's got a little bit of a rat face going on. Yes. But also, personality-wise, he is cruel. He's a despicable man. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a nasty son of a bitch. Yeah. If you ever Google or Twitter uh, clips of him, he's like fake put on wrestling moves on kids, you know? He will uh, threaten to beat up kids. Um, so it was his character work in that tournament because... The way that they produced it was he was meant to be the guy you remember. Right. Outside of Tyler yes. Bade, who ended up winning the tournament. He didn't win the tournament, but he was the star of the tournament. Exactly. He had, I think, uh, even to this day, Pete Dunn talks about what Triple H said, which is like, you know, uh, something along, along the lines of like, make, make a moment. Make him remember you, kid. Yeah, something along, along those lines. That's my Triple H impression. But it was, it was that, those two nights... That sold me on him uh, as a as a personality, and, and his in ring is fantastic. There's really no ever never really any question about that. Right in the in in that two night tournament, we really saw sort of the length and breadth of Pete Dunne as a performer because we saw him do interviews. We saw him in the early goings completely dismantle his opponents. We saw him. Uh, really bully some opponents who weren't <laughs> at his level, uh-huh. and then we saw him sort of taken to the limit by opponents and we got to see the frustration and the anger that he has when he is pressed. We got to know Pete Dunne quite a lot in that UK tournament, which he wound up losing to uh, Mr. Tyler Bate. TB. TB. Who, I don't know if I said this in the last episode, I know the last time we talked a lot about how, uh, how handsome Tyler Bate is. He's a pretty man. He's a pretty man. At this time, in the first tournament, he was not particularly attractive because he looked like... He looked like a villain. Well, he looked like he's in a porn parody of How the Grinch Stole Christmas playing the mayor of Whoville. He, it is so weird. You're totally right. It is so <laughs> weird. We were going to watch this match, and they have footage from the tournament, and it's that Tyler Bates. Yeah. So he's very clean-shaven, except he has a very thick mustache. His hair is in a... I don't want to say victory roll, but it's very 1940s. It's like wavy and combed yeah. over his head. I can't say it's a pop, 
pompadour. It's pompadour. not quite a pompadour because it's like parted in the middle. Yeah. He looks like, hey, 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 real quick, uh, people out there in podcast land, if you want to just picture what the mayor of Whoville would look like in a porno parody of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, it, it looks like Tyler Bate in early 2017. Yes. So as <laughs> he goes through a transformation it, the from glo- the January glo- to... The, the glow up is real. Yeah. And, I mean, he was an attractive man then, but... He was he, trying too hard, He I was think. trying very hard. To be fair, that was his, uh, I think, the gimmick he had in in progress, which is where he yeah, primarily wrestled. Like a throwback time. gentleman kind exactly. of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And, and he teamed with uh, Trent Seven. Trent Seven, who is, uh, I should note, my favorite of the three, if only because I think it's 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 representation for, uh, for bearded husky boys. I don't know any. No? Yeah. It's a shame. We're great. <laughs> um, yeah, so Tyler Bate now looks a bit different. Yeah, uh, he does He does look a bit different. We're looking at the, at the <laughs> screen and it's paused and there's like the tiniest tuft of chest hair on him. I love it. <laughs> so, you, can see, you can see the mustache. Yeah, you can see, we can see the mustache like, like a third of the mustache. Oh my god. Okay, so the story of the rivalry between Tyler and Pete is marked by both friendship and enmity because they came up together. They're part of the same three-man unit known as British Strong Style, and they were able to coexist in progress. Yes. And it seems like, even though they're friends in progress, it seems like Pete has always been a piece of shit. That is a fact. And Tyler, you know how some of your friends are dicks, but it's okay because they're your friends? That's kind of like the feeling that you got there. But when they both got signed by WWE to be a part of the UK tournament, the UK title tournament, Pete clearly saw that as his opportunity to break out, and he valued the opportunity to break out over his friendship with Tyler. So they acknowledged that they had a pre-existing relationship, but Pete attacked Tyler not during a match. Like, blindsided him and attempted to injure him in an attempt to give himself an easier path to to the championship. Yes. So it should be noted that Tyler had just won a match to qualify for the final... Right, I'm which, sure which Pete was. had also already qualified for. Yes, and Tyler, uh, Pete, ran down, beat the shit out of him, uh, and then there was maybe one match in between, and then the main event right. of that tournament. Right, so they hadn't really interacted before that. It was kind of acknowledged that they knew each other and they were friends. And then, you know, that would be one story, is these friends came over from the UK together, now they're on the big stage, the international WWE stage, and now, isn't it cool, they're going to be in the finals of the tournament together, and Pete decided to essentially murder him, yep. because this was his this was his moment. Be a star, kid. Uh-huh. Right? It's my time! Right. It's my time! His time is canning. Pete attacks Tyler. Mm-hmm. But... He loses the match. Despite the fact that he injured Tyler beforehand, Tyler had the guts, he had the conditioning to pull it out over Pete. He had the heart. The heart. Exactly right. Pete had the killer instinct, but he couldn't kill Tyler's heart. Mm -hmm. So Tyler became the inaugural WWE UK champion, and I guess they stayed friends? They never really broke up. What we're about to watch right now is a rematch from the finals of the UK championship. And this is, I believe, Tyler Bates' first defense against Pete Dunne. I think you're right. He had defeated some other guys. But we should also mention, both of these guys are incredibly young. When, this, <laughs> when the finals of that tournament happened, Tyler Bates was 19. 19. And Pete Dunne was, what, 22? 22, yeah. Yeah, so at this point, it's almost a year later. Tyler Bates, the, the thing with the UK titles is they are still... The, the main stars of progress, yeah. which, is a, which is a promotion in the UK. So they are off wrestling there most of the time, and they'll sort of drift into the orbit of, of WWE's developmental every couple of months, and they show up for the big shows and things like that. Sure. So Tyler Bate was the inaugural UK champion. He defended it on a couple of shows against guys who were not the caliber of himself or Pete Dunne. Mm-hmm. And then I think he defended it, the title a little bit in progress also. It was really weird watching progress and... Having a WWE. Having a WWE champion there, and he 
wasn't the main focus of the stable. Right. Because Pete Dunne is the de facto head of British Strong Style. Because he's the progress champion. Because he's the progress champion. So you, you've got the situation where Bate is coming out with the UK title, Dunne with the progress title, and I believe at some point Trent Seven and Tyler Bate were the, were the tag progress champ- tag champs. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of gold going on there. Yeah. But it was a bit weird because Ty, like it's not the same as it is with Pete. When Pete defends the title, it's a huge deal. And Tyler, when he defended it, it was a, like a, it was a big deal. It was yeah. a special attraction, but it wasn't the main event of the show. Exactly. It was like, hey, isn't it cool that our British independent promotion has a deal with WWE and one of WWE's singles champions is on our show. We can say that a championship that is sanctioned by the largest wrestling promotion in the world is being defended on our show. Isn't that pretty cool? So that was kind of the situation with Tyler Bate as the WWE UK champion in progress. Eventually, Pete Dunne works his way back up the ranks and becomes the number one contender for the championship that he failed to capture in the main event of that tournament that was really all about him as a performer. Both of these guys, we didn't really know either one of them coming into that tournament. And then in the successive few months, we got to know both of them as performers. And I think it's fair to say that Pete grew more than Tyler did. I think you're absolutely correct. I think based on his performance in the tournament itself, the... Uh, the weeks of, you know, matches or promos that they aired, I think the experience kind of shown through. I think they might have had plans in place for Tyler Mm -hmm. as champion going forward, which is why he wound up winning the tournament. But I think Pete, just by the strength of his performances in that tournament, Mm -hmm. made them think twice about who they wanted as the face of that brand. I think you're right. They probably had long-term plans with Tyler Bate, who was only 20 at the time, I guess. He's young. He can be champion forever if you really want him to. But, um, yeah, so I'm really excited to watch this match. I'm really excited to watch this match, too. I've watched this match uh, a few times in the uh, in the run-up because I've, I've obviously had to take my notes on it. Sure. But, uh, everybody, today we are watching Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne from... NXT TakeOver Chicago. You could watch it on the WWE Network, or uh, I'm sure you could find it somewhere on Daily Motion. You could, you know, if worse comes to worse. Sure. I should mention, um, I hope this stays in here, I was in Chicago this week. Oh, yes, you, you said that in the previous episode. Yes, I was here. I could have extended my trip. I could have bought a ticket. But I thought, eh, eh you know. What's the best thing that could be on that show? So I ended up not going, and then I remember watching it live mm-hmm. uh, at home with my family. My father was there. Don't worry about that. And uh, you're like, but I... I was watching it on my tablet because my <laughs> brother is not a wrestling fan. He didn't want that shit on TV. Not a good brother. Not a good brother. He's all right, but not a good brother. And I was losing my goddamn effing mind watching this tablet. And I, maybe like a few minutes, you know, five minutes of the match, I, I had to put it... I just... Yeah. Shot at the TV. And you know what's wild? What's that? This is the second match that we've talked about in Chicago. Yeah, I think that. And what's happening in a few days in Chicago? All in. All in. That's right. A show that CM Punk will not be on. No, you know who might be there? Neville. Motherfucking Neville. Who's also, fun fact, was on the UK show with a debuting Alistair, Alistair Black. Black episode two. Uh, Super Street Fighter, everybody. Go back and listen to Alistair Black versus the Velveteen Dream. Look at me. I am cross-promoting the shit like a, out of like this. Like a motherfucker. That's right. Um, but yeah, so I love Tyler Bate. I love Pete Dunn. Yeah, we're about, to, uh, we're about to settle in and watch this hell of a match. Now, I think it's pretty cool that this match got a special commentary team. Yes, Nigel they, McGinnis and... Uh, and Jim Ross. Good old JR. Who would have thought that Nigel McGuinness would be hired by the WWE? Yeah, crazy. There he is. All right, so here Pete Dunne is out first as the challenger. I don't like Pete Dunne's knee tattoo. I think it's stupid. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I like a lot of things about Pete Dunne. I do not like. He's got like a fucking bear face tattoo yeah, on his, What's his, on logo his right as well. knee. Yeah, swagger. The most cocky swagger coming down the aisle. 
yeah. with anyone. He's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I always say that I get the impression uh, of British Strong Style that it's like Tom Hardy became three dudes. Yep. And, Actually, and yeah. Pete Dunne is like when Tom Hardy plays a purposefully repulsive character. <laughs> so I like so Pete Dunne, as far as I know, is into like really shitty metalcore. I don't know if you could tell that from the everything about him. Well, yes, but he also had I think one of his old songs was a uh, "Bring Me the Horizon," which I'd never heard of. Yeah. Uh, until some me, Pete Dunne tribute videos. Let me just say that Pete Dunne. Uh, his logo should probably not be a bear because he's not big enough. Why did be so mean? Oh, there he is, Tyler Bate. So here comes here comes uh, Mr. Tyler Bate, who has grown a beard both literally and figuratively. Just waving to the audience. Yep, that's his thing. He just sort of politely waves like a pope. He is kind of the pope of uh, NXT UK. Yeah, and he's got his uh, he's got his satin jacket. Which, uh, Mr. Trent Seven also has a similar jacket. Matching jacket, yeah, for Mustache yeah. Mountain. Uh, here's, the, here's the first thing uh, that you're going to notice about Tyler Bate if he's not looking like the porno mare. <laughs> is that uh, this dude's got some fucking gams on him. Dude, his thighs. Are they, are they thighs? Are they traps? What are they called? Those are thighs. Okay, they're the thickest thighs he's I've got, ever seen. He's got beer barrel thighs. And he, the, there's not an ounce of fat on uh, on this kid, except for his face. He's got a little bit of a baby face. He has a baby face, though. But he's got fucking beer, beer barrel thighs. It's insane. He's got muscular knees. Yeah. yeah. So you have to imagine that he's going to enjoy a strength advantage here That's against stupid. Pete Dunne, who has put on some muscle, but it's all very lean muscle. Yeah. He's, he's got kind of that Randy Orton physique where it's mm-hmm. just like very sort of Ropey. You say you say Randy Orton. I say Ted DiBiase Jr. But whatever, man. <laughs> I'm a TBJ TBD. What's his name? TBD. I, to be determined. We, we will figure it out later. Yeah. Okay. Match started. The match has started, and we're circling. Some chain wrestling to begin. Some chain wrestling, right? And uh, uh, Pete has taken Tyler down first. So I think it's safe to say that Pete is probably the more skilled wrestler. Yeah. Tyler is not unskilled. He is a very skilled wrestler, He's but I think skilled. just That's hold for hold, Pete probably has him. Um, and he's able to power out. You said you don't like uh, Pete's tattoo. What do you feel about Tyler's tattoo? It's fine, I guess. It's just like a regular forearm tattoo. So... A series of reversals. A series of, a series of reversals and... Leg scissors. Leg scissors, yeah. So, you see here, Pete is very smart. He knows that he's going to have a hard time holding Tyler down. So, you see, Tyler just is escaping this by sort of just moving his entire body and flexing yeah. his... Uh, explosiveness! Explosive. Right? And so... It should be noted that so Pete still has Tyler in a uh, leg scissor hole. Figure four headlock. Yes. With his, literally a headlock, right? Yes. Um, Tyler's doing some fancy leg work. <laughs> yeah. So Tyler was able to essentially uh, strength his way out of that. Yep. It should be noted. So these are two guys who are not that well known to this audience. At the time, at this time. Right. They've, they've, we, we assume that they have seen the tournament final, but they haven't seen these guys have this match yet. And this match was... <sighs> okay, so we are seeing now... Yeah. Yikes. We're seeing Pete fucking work Tyler's wrist. He has... He was able to force Tyler to the ground by putting a hand on his jaw. So he's a smarter grappler. He's not a stronger grappler, but he's smarter. He knows all the pressure points. You know, he knows the pressure points. He knows joint manipulation. So Tyler keeps getting to his feet, uh-huh. but you have to remember, every time he gets into his feet and powers out, Tyler is forcing his way out, but Pete is not letting go of that wrist lock. So he's continuing to put stress on those joints as he powers out of them. It's genius, and my God, that reversal is yeah. insane. Imagine that somebody is spreading, like has put their hand between your ring finger and your middle finger and is spreading them apart with all of their tendon strength 
and is bending your fingers back at the same time to try to just control the position of your body. And your response is to power out of that. It's going to fucking hurt. You know, it's really, it's so interesting how it's such a minor looking move. But it's... It's way more painful than something like a, I don't know, a Stone Cold Stunner or Power right. Slam. Um, because Will, this is realistic. Yeah, William Regal would say it may not look like much, but he's dying a thousand deaths in there. So what we, what we just talked over was Pete grabbing that wrist and dragging Tyler out to the floor and then trying to crush Tyler's hand <laughs> in the ring steps. As a heel would do. Yep. Oh, forearm to the face. Yep, so Pete again outsmarted him. He rolled to the floor. And, ah! Oh, my dear God. So, so Pete, right now, very quickly, in quick succession, uh, suckered Tyler into, uh, he rolled out of the ring, suckering Tyler into chasing him, and Tyler turned the corner and just took a nasty forearm right to the face, and then he picked him up as if he was going to suplex him, and then just flipped him and dropped him so that his back and neck landed right on the apron of the ring, like, which is the hardest part of the ring, I'm at, I don't know if you heard, knew that. I've heard about that. So here's what we're seeing by the, from the audience. You can't hear it, but Pete knocks, out, knocks down Tyler, turns around to the audience, and they give him a standing out. Yeah, that's the weird thing. The meaner that Pete gets, the more people seem to like him, yeah. in a kind of a Stone Cold Steve Austin way, if I may say so. So... Uh, Back again to the ground. He's forced Tyler to the ground. And he is bending the index finger at this point. And the pinky. And the pinky. Oh, my God. And now now the the pinky and index finger are being bent the opposite way. Now he's stepping in Tyler's armpit and now a stomp to the ribs. Just just a horrible way to be as a person. (laughs) And we see that... You think he's had any childhood trauma? Yeah, probably. I love this. He's standing on Tyler's leg to keep him from being able to escape and punching him in the face. And now he's grabbed him by the wrist and is kicking him in the head. He is so good at body control. But I think he's he's making a mistake here. Making somebody upset. Yeah, he's... Tyler is firing up here because Pete has... Oh, sh- Yeah, Pete was underestimating him. It was too early in the fight to just start kind of peppering him yeah. with those nonchalant kicks. Mm. It was too early for that kind of psychological domination. And it, it pissed Tyler off. He sprung to his feet and he managed to hit, Over, uh, hit Pete with a, a massive overhead suplex. God. Just muscled him over. It should be noted these guys are not the, the biggest guys, so... No, the, the, they're, they're both cruiserweights, I guess, yeah, right? they're cruiserweights. Yeah. Right, so Tyler running from one, co- one corner to the other. He's building momentum. Uh, European uppercuts. European uppercuts. Uh, with the bad arms, I should say, uh-huh. that, that uh, Pete's been working on. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. And he just went to, uh, to run corner to corner. Pete followed him. Oh, Ooh. shit. Pete went for that... Uh, I think it's called the X-Plex. Yeah, Pete went for that... Sp- Whoa! I love release, this move. release suplex, right? Or yeah. So, wow, what a sequence. So, Pete attempted that, re- that release suplex that he nailed on the apron before, but this time Tyler had it scouted, managed to flip out of it. Then he executed a, uh, a, a shooting star press, which was a, a backflip splash... Onto, uh, onto Pete, and then he muscled him up and did a deadlift suplex. So essentially picked up the dead weight of an incapacitated Pete Dunn and dropped him on his fucking head. And I think it's interesting that we saw Pete trying to shake some feeling back into his hand. Yeah. I think that's, an, uh, that's ironic. Oh! oh! Oh, my God. So Tyler went for another uh, uh, somersault or... Uh, shooting star press, yeah. Shooting star press, sorry. Into a reversal for Pete Dunn, which is the... Like, yeah, Pete caught him in a, uh, a triangle choke. Yeah, or a Hell's Gate. Yeah. If you know The Undertaker. Omoplata is the, the MMA. <laughs> yeah, I love that he's choking him here, and he's choking him while punching him in the face. What a dickhead. I love it. Right, but you see, 
uh, Tyler is slowly getting up. Oh my god! And he's managing to pick up, just deadlift this guy who's choking him with his legs and drive him down to the oh mat. Oh my god! We can't hear it, but I know the audience is. They're losing really their shit. It. Standing up. So what? So what we're seeing right here is that Tyler has to leverage his strength at this point. And look at that arm, though. He's favoring that arm so bad because not only has has Pete Dunne been working that arm the entire match, he just had to lift the entirety of Pete Dunne's body to get out of that choke using that bad arm. You can see uh, his he's neck trying is to, also... He's trying to... Sh- yeah, his neck is all fucked up. He's trying to shake some feeling back into it. Oh, this spot is insane. Oh, yeah. He has now... He's executing an airplane spin, which is... He has... Pete on his shoulders, and he's just rotating. The fastest... Oh, my God. Yeah, he is blurry at this point. This and is again, the audience. the crowd is flipping out. Oh, my God. And I love this. He starts to slow down. Oh, and he, uh. just, he just drops him. Now, the disadvantage here is that the airplane spin is always a gamble because you're going to disorient your opponent. They might not be able to kick out. Yeah. But you're also disorienting yourself. You might stumble around the ring. You're not going to be able to make that pin immediately. And you might also be out of it. You might not be able to hook those legs all the way. And I think that's what happened here. Absolutely. So Tyler Bate, uh, he's not doing this match, but in other matches when he does airplane, airplane spin. He will stop and squat the guy. He'll squat. And reverse rotation. In reverse! So he doesn't get disoriented. <laughs> yeah. But this time he just went uh, full on. Yeah, so fast, so quick. Oh my God. So fast. But I think he's, he's, ba- he's back up to his feet, yeah. but he's clearly out of it. Definitely out of it. And he's going for another deadlift suplex here. And this time it's Pete who manages to backflip out of it. Tyler up off the top rope for a springboard and another Pete uh, catches him with a nasty forearm forearm and a suplex into a a powerbomb that Tyler just manages to escape. And (laughs) (laughs) Pete... Pete is apparently having an existential crisis over the fact that this match has not ended yet. Now this is where the audience is losing their goddamn mind. Again, yeah, this match, just so many different high spots. And both of these guys are clearly already taken to their limit at this point. And I remember watching this live at the, at the time, not thinking this match would go that long. or. Yeah, it's a lengthy match, and it's an epic action. match. They're just doing some replays. Uh, John is kicking away at Yeah, they're, they're both laying on the ground to recover, and uh, the incredible uh, Pete Dunn is just sort of lazily kicking at mm. Tyler Bate and now punching him in the jaw and in the shoulder, and they're both at this point starting to wake up a little bit, and they're just throwing hands. Yes. And you can see the audience losing their mind again. Yep. And it looks, it, it looks like they're both fucking exhausted. They yep. have tired themselves out trying to punch each other. <laughs> <laughs> and Tyler, uh, Tyler managed to sucker him there. Uh, he calls out the bop and the bam. Bop and the bam. Where he, he lifts up his left hand to distract you, and then he pops you with the right hand. But the right hand is the one that Pete Dunne has been working this entire match, and when he hit him with that sucker punch, he fucking hurt his own hand. Storytelling. Storytelling. So Dunn just hit him with another... With an, uh, with an enziguri. enziguri. He's kicked him in the head again, and that's, I think, the third or fourth time yeah. that uh, Mr. Bate has been dizzied in the course of this match. They're uh, head-to-head. Throwing hands again. Uh, <laughs> kick. Yes, uh, okay. And This spot is amazing. Oh, yeah. So what we just saw was they were, they were trading strikes, and uh, Pete Dunn hurled... Tyler Bate into the ropes, who, how would you even describe what just happened? He, he bounced like, off the ropes using his, his own neck. With his own neck and shoulders. Which are impressive, neck yes, and shoulders. definitely. But he lowered his head and raised his shoulders and bounced off the middle rope and then rebounded into a massive clothesline. It's a, they're doing the replay right now. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's very cool. It's very cool. And he really wiped out Pete. But, again, he didn't have the energy to make the cover. He was on top of Pete, but he was pinning Pete with, like, one arm draped over his thigh. Yep. He didn't even have the leg hooked until, like, two and a half. It, it's, you know, it's 
great storytelling is he does this uh, reversal into the ropes using his neck and arms. Yep. Which, as we know, that's exactly what attacked the entire match. Right. So Pete has been so smart in working the exact body parts that he knows Tyler has been using to win matches. These guys are slow to get up. Yep, they're both exhausted at this point. Tyler's prepping for a big move. Yeah, Tyler, you look at the veins. He's about to go Super Saiyan here. <laughs> and this is his finishing move, the Tyler Driver. Ninety-seven. Yep, but I'm old. he couldn't. He didn't have the. He didn't have the arm strength to take him over. The bitter end. Yep. Oh. And Pete went for his his finishing move, the bitter end. But Tyler was able to muster the strength one more time to escape. But at this point, he's just on his belly crawling. And struggling to get to his feet. Meanwhile, Pete has rolled to the floor. So Tyler's looking very... Uh, out of it. Out of it. Disoriented. He's taken a lot of strikes to the head. And he was on that, that airplane spin. He's been dizzied so many times. He can barely stand. But he's peering out of the ring at, at Pete, who's trying to get up. And he, he oh, jumps God. to the top rope. Lands a moonsault and knocks Pete to the ground. Amazing. Throws him back in. Throws him back in, and he's going to climb the ropes again. And. Oh go- my god, what he, you, is that the, a spiral that's tap? That's a spiral tap, yeah. He just went off the top rope with a massive uh, top rope move, and Pete managed to escape, and so smart, rolled to the floor again. So now Tyler has to either get back up or drag him back in. To win this match, or try to win this match. Or to try to win this match, right. So Audience, again, losing their mind. Right. For these guys, they don't really know. Right. Tells well, you I think they matches. do know them at this point. At this I think point, yeah. they've, they've gotten to know him pretty well. But again, look at how exhausted Tyler is. The, the amount of energy that he's expending versus what Pete's expending is right. yes. considerable. Yes, but he can barely stand, but yet he's going to attempt to jump out of the ring. Does out his goddamn mind. More heart than brains, right? Yes, so. And here he goes. He bounces off the ropes. He sails over the top rope oh. into a fucking forearm in the mouth. Uh, kind of shoot him away, but also knocked him out. Right. Down. And now he's been tossed back into the ring. Pete picks him up for the bitter end, drops him on his face, rolls him over immediately, hooks that one. Two, three, and Pete Dunne is your new United Kingdom champion. And you know what? I'll say it. He fucking deserved it. He wrestled the better match. He was smarter. Better cardio, I guess. Better cardio. Well, I don't, I don't know if better cardio, but he was smarter in how he used his energy. That's, that's definitely true, yes. Um, his, this, his, whole, his whole game plan was about controlling... Tyler Bate, yep. and he did it. He did it. He got Tyler Bate to do what he wanted him to do. I think he suckered Tyler Bate into that last dive. Oh, yeah, in fact, in fact I think you're right. I think he was, uh, what you call it? Uh... He had the presence of mind to roll to the floor. He could have rolled to the other side of the ring, out of the range of Tyler Bate, but he rolled to the floor. Because you know he knew what? Tyler's... Uh... He knew what Tyler would do, more heart than brains. And you know what? Three times in this match, Tyler attempted a big, a big leaping move and caught that same forearm of death right to the jaw. And I think the first time he didn't learn, the second time he didn't learn, and the third time I think Pete could see that he was so out of it he wasn't going to learn the third time. And he took that he took that forearm to the jaw and got thrown right in. Easy pickings. So the story that the, I don't know if the commentary tells is the story that we talked about earlier, which is these are guys who trained together. Yes. Um, and the ma- not the master student, but maybe the, uh, the they're same, rivals. The rivals, their their colleagues. I wonder how much of the story that could have been told about Pete has a few more years of experience. Right. Doing this, Tyler's new, relatively new. Right to this, and, that. and has was Tyler a little bit too big for his britches, right? He won that tournament, and so he's thinking he's the best wrestler in the UK. Yeah, but I think maybe he got a little bit, uh, a little bit cocky, 
a little bit cocky. Uh, I was going to say, not cocky, but... Um, Overconfident. No. Well, yes, but no. Um, not content. What's the goddamn word? <laughs> you cut this all out. Yeah, I will cut this all out because the match is over. Um, complacent. I think following the tournament, Tyler Bate, the character, might have gotten a little bit complacent. And I think he underestimated the drive and the ambition and, honestly, the wrestling acumen of his rival here. I think you're right. And I think that's exactly what we saw because we know from previous history that Tyler Bate has the ability to out-wrestle Pete Dunne using his strength, using his heart, using his stamina. But I think in this case, he did not think to prepare a different game plan for Pete Dunne. And Pete Dunne definitely had a different game plan this time, and I think that's what worked out for him. I, dare, I, I would dare say that maybe Pete, uh, in, in a, a certain context, had more heart and determination to win. This. I think he had something to prove. More grit. More grit. He was hungrier. Yep. I'm not sure that I'm not sure that that Pete Dunn has a heart. <laughs> but I well, think I think you're right. He had more drive. Don't you know his theme song was Bring Me the Horizons? <laughs> Can you feel my heart? <laughs> uh, no, I can't I cannot feel his heart. Uh, uh, so it occurred to me while we were watching this. Uh, I talk about Dragon Ball all the fucking time on this show because I yeah. love Dragon Ball. Evidently. Do you have any experience with Dragon Ball, Ahmed? Uh, I wa uh, yes and no. Okay. It's I'm, like three o'clock in the morning in two thousand one on some random channel. I watched it. Yeah. So, uh, this is for all of my my listeners who do uh, appreciate the Dragon Ball metaphors that I bring to the table. But I get a, I get a real uh, Goku Vegeta vibe from Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne. Okay. Who uh, uh, is Dunne Vegeta? Yes, he is. Okay. Vegeta's like the heel dude, right? Vegeta's the heel, but, you know, he sort of becomes a baby face oh, eventually, but he never really gets over his rivalry with Goku mm-hmm. because it's his rivalry with Goku that drives him to get, uh, to get better. Okay. Yeah, I would say I get, I, get a, I get a Goku-Vegeta dichotomy from these two. And I guess that makes Trent Seven... Fucking! I was about to ask you what what where's Piccolo? Piccolo. <laughs> I know Piccolo because he's green. Yeah, he is green. Uh, Trent Seven's not green. He's got a beard. Uh, nobody in Dragon Ball really has a beard. Master Roshi, I guess. Master Roshi. So I don't really watch Dragon Ball Z, but I do know about the different la- uh, layers levels. Yes. That they go through. Yes. Uh, there's, I mean, there's Super Saiyan. Yes. Right. Is there anything above that? Yeah, there totally is. Okay, I heard so, about this. So there's there's Super Saiyan and there's f- like three different grades of regular Super Saiyan, uh-huh. and then there's Super Saiyan two, which is just a straight upgrade to Super Saiyan one. There's Super Saiyan three, which is where you get the long hair. I'm listening. And then there's also Super Saiyan God, and then Super Saiyan Blue, which is Super Saiyan God is when you they have to perform a ritual and uh-huh. you have the power of a god and you understand like what God key is. And you can access like divine energy on top of your own inner energy. So that's Super Saiyan God. And then once you master the form of Super Saiyan God and you understand how God energy works and you sort of like absorb that into yourself and then you can figure out how to add Super Saiyan on top of that, that's Super Saiyan Blue. So the reason I asked that (laughs) was because uh, I knew about Super Saiyan like evolve in some way yes right yes 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 that one thing i love about pro wrestling yes is the care not everyone does it but when performers can evolve and uh as storylines change and cause a need for no say physical uh appearance change yes that is i think when i love wrestling the most um i think even for pete dunn you know, it may be just an issue of him trying to find out what his character will be, but I think in the last year or so of being on the NXT roster, you've seen his physical appearance change. Uh, change. Same with Tyler Bate. Right. He's also physically changed a bit. Uh, 
even Trent Seven has like got this weird gray hair. Silver Fox. Silver yeah. Fox, and he's like now the Dawn. The Dawn, I should say, not the Dawn. The Dawn. So he's like kind of like Godfather oh, mafioso British. type. Um, yeah, my favorite CM Punk did this uh, during his run as well. Oh, with the greasy hair and the mustache and everything. The yeah. state of society, the greasy hair, and mustache, the. Uh, when he turned heel, right. he shaved his head. Well, the uh, the haircut, the phrase that they use in Dragon Ball is, "This isn't even my final form," right? Yeah, so, I mean, you know that better than me. <laughs> right, but that yeah. but you get that you get that feeling with both of these guys. I think, yes, that neither one of these guys has reached their final form yet. Both of them have more work to go. But it's one of the reasons I don't like John Cena, or that the criticism about John Cena is that he essentially stays the same. Um, you know, I think one of the reasons I got so excited about no, hold Ambrose. on. He has a new t-shirt every month. Okay. Um, I'm going to ignore that. Whenever wrestling can do that, it's always better for it, so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so, too. And I think this is going to be uh, a watershed moment in both of these guys' careers, but I, I, I hope and I believe that they're going to go on to do even bigger and better things in the future. Well, I would say this, you know, just to wrap up, I guess, is at this moment when we watched this show uh, in May of 2017, it was the WWE UK Championship. It is no longer the WWE UK Championship. It's the NXT UK Championship. Yes. It's officially part of their developmental territory, which their British talents are getting their own show, their own roster. Yeah, where we are now in late August 2018, they just crowned uh, the, first women's champion. the first women's champion, right, um, Rhea Ripley. Yes. Um, not not your your boo, Tony Storm. No, but I expect Tony Storm to win the Mayhem Classics. I think she might be okay. Okay, could be. But, um, but yeah, now, now they're a full brand with their own roster and titles. Stand alone, um, yeah. Interestingly enough, Tyler Bate ends up, since this time... Wins the tag titles with Trent Seven. Right. Drops them. Drops them. Uh, conveniently in time for presumably the NXT UK titles. Yeah. Um, yep. And we'll see. And and also in the meantime, Mr. Mr. Pete Dunn is undefeated. He's been champion for like... A year. It, it's you been said, more than a year. You said May. Right? And May it's 20th, now, 2017. Yep. My so God, you're a human calendar. I read that on the thing. Um, okay, sure, but why do you know Triple H's birthday? <laughs> July 27th? I don't know. Uh, Shawn Michaels is July 22nd. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure you know you know uh, Cameron the Heartbreak Baby's birthday. I wish I, um, I'm i failing him. Okay. I don't know. I know Punk's birthday. What is CM Punk's birthday? I'm not going to say it. Okay, that's fine. It's October 20-something. <laughs> October 20-something. I read so, it today. So, um... Yeah, he's been undefeated since this. He's been he's been on a tear, and he defeated Tyler Bate. I want to say two more times. They had a couple of rematches, I believe. Yeah, and both of them were pretty definitive wins and for Pete Dunne. And he's beaten uh, O'Reilly. He's beaten Roderick Strong. Roddy Strong. He beat. Uh, he wrestled uh, Adam that- Cole in a champion versus champion match. I think. Yes, I think he won that match. It might have been a fuck finish, but yeah. He's also being like some of the UK guys. So your and your Mark Andrews, your Wolfgangs. He showed up. He showed up on uh, on WWE Monday Night Raw and beat Enzo Amore. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I was at the doctor's office and that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I've never wanted to see somebody get take that nasty forearm to the face more than Enzo Amore. They, they fucked that he, up too, by the he way. He ate shit on that forearm though. Uh, what I meant to say was they fucked up the introduction. Yeah. He they play his music. The audience goes wild because they're in England. And then Angle comes out, and he's like, oh, I can't do the uh, Angle voice. <laughs> you're going to have to defend against double, the double, UK double, double. champion, Pete Dunne. And then, then he comes out. And then he comes out and forearms Enzo Amore to fucking death. Yeah, that was a cool moment. It was a cool moment. I think when he eventually makes his main roster call up, it, it, it should be a pretty big deal. I don't know how, how he will be Received. booked, but... Uh, Depends on if you know who's dead by then. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> if, if you, if I think I know is uh, no. <laughs> Mr. McMahon's a genius, you know that. 
this is the first time you're not shitting on him. Did you get a Did you get a job on the writing staff that you didn't tell me about? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I quit my career and I'm writing really bad Roman lines. Yeah. <laughs> Believe that. <laughs> Believe that. I was watching. Uh, I, I shared with my friends the uh, the other day the Roman Reigns Jack and the Beanstalk promo. Oh fuck, man! <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Was that like right when he was when he was injured? Around that time period? He came back and they were really trying to, to push him hard. Yeah. And it was a guys, please, I need you to go I need you to go look up Roman Reigns Beanstalk promo. He is attempting to threaten a veteran pro wrestler at the big show, who is a giant human, seven feet tall, four hundred pounds, and he's attempting to to trash talk the big show using threatening fairy tale metaphor. So First of all, if you don't watch the whole thing, it's like a four-minute promo, but please at least get to the point where he says, Magic Beans! <laughs> beans! I'm glad that somebody liked the promo. It was fucking hysterical. So he says, he tells the story of a little of Jack climbing the beanstalk and defeating the giant or whatever the hell, and he goes, because that giant will always be a loser. And then he says, and Big Show... The loser in the story I just told, it's you, pal. And then drops the mic. <laughs> it's the worst thing I've ever seen. He, he could have literally walked out to the ring and said, Hey, Big Show, I pooped him. And it would have been more threatening than that. If you ever, if audience, if you ever listen to this, and you under, you're wondering, well, why, why is it called I Hate Wrestling? <laughs> Watch that video, and you'll get an idea as to why people like you and I Sometimes hate Can't it. Can't fucking hate this uh, industry. It don't love you back. It it, it does. It's just it it's just seems a, it's like a, not in a particular company. For for every for every twenty minutes or twenty five minutes of of Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate, there's like nine hours of of Roman Reigns just going magic boots, and you're asking yourself why are we trying to make fetch happen with Roman Reigns? The answer is. Because A, he's The Rock's cousin, and B, he looks like a bootleg Jason Momoa. Not only does he look like a bootleg Jason Momoa, he speaks like a bootleg Jason Momoa. Can I just say Do that, you want. that he's actually smaller than Jason Momoa? I believe that. Believe that. Believe that. that. Jason Momoa is, like a, is a full inch taller than him, and he looks more muscular too. Jason Momoa looks like a like an actual badass that I would maybe want to hang out with. I probably wouldn't. Jason, like, yeah. Jason Momoa also has a lot of natural charm and charisma, which Roman Reigns maybe doesn't. I watched a video of uh, Momoa on Colbert, one of these like late night shows, uh, and I was like, hey, this guy, like, I would hang out with him. Yeah. Seems like a funny guy. And I was like, hey, that's not Roman Reigns. No. No. But, like, that's clearly what they're going for. But he's your universal champion now. Listen, so. he's good though. Is the thing he's yeah, a good wrestler. Fine, yeah, he's a great wrestler. I would say. Yeah. But man, they just can't stop shitting the bed. I hate this company. Can I just say, for every Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, for every Tony Storm, for all these great um, matches and talent and even segments they have, then we get shit like this. Yeah, and just sit, shit sandwich after shit sandwich. Jesus fuck, I'm tired. Yeah, we will. By the way, you got here four hours ago. I got here four hours ago. We had we had two hours of therapy. That's true. Yeah. And then we watched this match, and then we recorded. Also, I haven't gotten a good night's sleep in like three days. So sorry to hear that. You want to talk about it on on tape? (laughs) It's mostly fine. Trust me. Uh. Um. So anyway, this has been another episode of I Hate Wrestling. Uh. Your, your very favorite, very good pro wrestling podcast. I'm your host, Matt, International Man of Wrestling. Uh, I want to I thank the Novas for the use of my theme song, The Crusher. I want to thank the lovely Corinne Dodenhoff for my lovely, lovely logo. Uh, I want to thank my guest, Ahmed. Ahmed, do you have anything you want to plug? Not really. You're going to be here a few days for All In. So right, yeah. I don't have anything. I'm, uh, I don't know, five minutes psychology today. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? I don't follow me anywhere, to be honest. But. I don't know. I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get be more professional here. Uh, 
Like, follow, and subscribe. Can I can I plug a podcast? Sure, man. Um, I'm really getting into Neil deGrasse Tyson's uh, Star Talk podcast. Uh, I realize that with all this wrestling that I watch, I'm not the brightest person anymore, <laughs> which explains the fish oils. Um, so I'm trying to expand my horizons and just, you know, think a bit more abstractly and intelligently. And it's a show that kind of is entertaining enough. But, uh, it's entertaining enough. No, it's, it's good. You know, he has like comedians on occasionally and stuff like that. But, you know, learning about the fourth dimension is kind of trippy. Time? Time, yeah. I didn't know it was time until recently. <laughs> um, but I, I would need to watch it. more Twilight Zone, brother. No, but Jonathan Davis uh, of the band Korn. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote the theme song for the reboot in like the late, the mid-2000s, I should say. Yeah, they, they rebooted it on UPN. Okay. Yeah, it's not good. Don't listen to it. Don't watch the show, but... Uh, oh, that's I right, I do that. remember that. It was hosted by Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I didn't watch it, really. Um, but that's the only thing I really want to plug. Um, I'm not like a... See, the thing is, is I'm not a... You're not, you're not a creative type. I'm not a creative type at all. I have a DeviantArt page, but that's about it. So what's it? tell everyone what your DeviantArt uh, page no, is. No, 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 no. Everybody, uh, I'm going to be really quiet right now so Ahmed can tell you the URL to his DeviantArt page where you can go and see his his lovingly rendered charcoal drawings of Sonic the Hedgehog blasting Knuckles the Echidna in the butthole. Uh, I assume that's what it is because that's all DeviantArt ever is. No, 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 no. I was in the little Chinese boy. I, my DeviantArt was like all Photoshop um, shit based on bands I liked. So... <laughs> so it was like a picture of you hanging out with Jonathan Davis of no, Corn. No, 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 fuck off. Uh, it, it was like, um, it was, uh, I don't even, it, it probably wasn't any good. I mean, it wasn't, but at the time it was good. Um, I was a really big fan of Interpol. Depeche oh, yeah, we were talking about Korn. Interpol during your emo period. Yeah, and Justin Timberlake for some reason, so. I'll, I'm not gonna give the URL. <laughs> you don't. You don't have to. I, I don't really, really. Give it <laughs> but I did spend a lot of time on it. Okay. So yeah, if you can find me on DeviantArt, have fun. If you can, if you, if you dare. The name is. I'm not gonna say the name, but it is so shitty. It's such an emo, like gothy name. I'll tell you off there. <laughs> okay. Um, what what's what's your wrestling character this week? Should have thought about this. Um, the Maverick. The Maverick? In honor of that guy. In honor of... of Jonathan the McCain. Dear, the dearly departed uh, Senator Jonathan McCain. Yeah. It's not, he's not dearly departed than me. I don't... I was never really a fan, to be honest. But the Maverick. So what I do is... Uh, I purposely pick out old women in the audience and ask them... About my nationality, <laughs> and then I have to correct them that I'm a good man. He's a good man. Yeah, yeah. That's my wrestling character. Like tacitly racist, but you know. Yeah, your your character right. is basically the low bar, huh? I did watch that, and it struck me like at first I was like the the video where John McCain is talking to the yeah. lady. She's like, I don't, I don't trust Barack Obama. I, he's an Arab, and he just goes, No, that's not, that's not true. He's basically fine. And, like, it warmed my heart a little bit until I realized that it only warmed my heart because the planet is dying and our country is on fire. Uh-huh. And uh, that's, like, and so was, far... Be- and this was 10 years ago. This was, was this was 10 years ago, and I was just like, oh, isn't it nice that he had the heart to tell a crazy lady she was wrong? Like, yeah, we, we, we've, yet, we've yet to master that, by the way. Yeah, and if, later. If, this, if this were today... Uh, Donald Trump would be like, I don't know, what do you think? You tell me. You tell me. <laughs> I, I've read some really interesting material about this. Yeah, like fucking AJ Styles with the, uh, with the flat earth. Yeah. Oh my god, that shit yeah. was insane. I'm just, I'm just saying, there's some stuff out there. That's all I'm saying. Um, where were we? We gotta do something funny. I'm gonna do something funny. I like to end the show on a laugh. You know that. But here's the problem. What's that, brother? It's after midnight. I'm fucking dead on my feet. I'm fucking dead on your couch. I can't think of any jokes.
Do you want to make this wrestling related? Would that make it better? No. What's going on in the world that we can make fun of? Well, we already did our we did our, did our, our hot take daily show. John McCain died joke. <laughs> that should be... Yo. Hey, yo.